Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, welcome to a special edition of the Happy Hour. This is actually part one of our December bonus series. We have three phenomenal episodes that are all out today, and they are part of a three-part series that we're labeling all about biblical hospitality. In November, I took a trip to the border. We went to San Diego, California, and then crossed over into Tijuana, Mexico. I had a group of women that joined me on this trip, and what we went for is not to do any kind of mission trip. We didn't go do any work. We went to listen and to learn and to get in proximity to people who are doing phenomenal work on the ground, to really hear from different organizations about what they're doing, and even to sit and hear from Border Patrol official and see what it's like from his point of view. This is my third trip to the border, and today on the podcast, you're going to hear from two of my friends who joined me on this trip, Becky Kaiser and Jessica Thompson. They both have been on the happy hour before, so you could go listen to their conversations previously that I've had with them. But this is both of their first times to see any kind of work happening at the border. Becky lives in Houston. So Texas is a state that has a lot of conversations around immigration. And Jessica lives in San Diego. So it's right in her backyard. And you'll hear her talk about that. I asked both of them basically the same questions, and I love that we're getting to hear a perspective from people who just went and experienced and saw with their own eyes. And so here's my conversation with Becky Kaiser and Jessica Thompson about our trip to the border with World Relief and Women of Welcome. Okay, friends, my first uh, guest on today's show is my friend Becky Kaiser, and Becky joined me at the border uh, just a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. as well. Becky, you and I have known each other for a lot of years, Mm -hmm. and I'm so glad you got to come to the border with me. Before we jump into your experience, um, introduce yourself so everyone knows what you do for a living, where you live, and what you're coming into this with. Yes. Well, not what you're coming into this with, but just like, who are you? You know what I mean? Yes. Um, (laughs) I am author, speaker, life coach, small business consultant, all the things. And I am in Texas as well. So just north of Houston, in the suburbs called the Woodlands. Awesome. And you have three kids? Three kids, three girls, a seventh, fifth, and third grade, all girls, which always gets like lots of big raised eyebrows. Mm -hmm. And Chris and I have been married. We just celebrated 16 years. Congrats. Yeah, congrats. Okay, so I invited you to come to the border with me. um, And... I kind of would like to start here when I'm going to ask all of our guests the same questions to give us this kind of overarching view of what it was like for you. When you said yes, um, first of all, this is, I'd like to know, was it a hesitant yes? Was it a yes, yes, yes? Or was it like, uh, let me think about it. Why would you ask that question on air, Jamie? That's like a lot of pressure. (laughs) (laughs) I want to give everyone the real deal of what you felt going in. Um, So I... To me, it was a, well, because I had heard and seen the trips before. I was interested. And it was like, well, it's Jamie. And it's some awesome people I'd love to get to know, too. And I'm really interested in this. And so it all worked. And it was, if we can make it work with children, then it's a yes, 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 yes. Yeah. The issue did not terrify me. It was more like, how do we make this happen the week before Thanksgiving? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I was thinking about it. And the first time that I went, um, Brie was on that trip as well. And I remember thinking, 
I've never really thought much about the border, but sure, that sounds yeah. great, you know, yeah. and it was just a lot. That's how kind of how I felt going into it, which was great. I do want to ask you, when you thought about your trip and you mm-hmm. thought about going down there, I'm sure you thought to yourself, okay, here's some questions I might kind of have. What was one of your main questions that you're bringing with you before that trip? You know, I thought about the issue of immigration and all of that a lot because we live in Texas. So this is an issue that we hear about. For me, it wasn't necessarily a question I had that I wanted to ask. I think it was, I'm a skeptical person. So I was like, mm-hmm. y'all kept saying, this is a proximity trip. This isn't a mission trip. This isn't a political trip. And I I really didn't understand how the issue of immigration could be nonpartisan, how this wasn't a political thing, how this could be a b- biblical thing, and what... How how did that work and how did that look? Because I only knew it from the political stance. Mm-hmm. So I think my main curiosity was how do you get past it being a political only issue? I love that. Do you feel like when you're there, I mean, just so everyone knows, we yeah. it's not a mission trip. It definitely is a proximity. Yeah. But we also did a lot of learning. I mean, we did a, a lot, lot of learning. listening, a lot of learning yeah. from Matt. Um I'm very interested in what you thought leaving from there. Mm -hmm. If you came in going, how does this become something that's not political? Did you leave feeling like, oh, this doesn't have to be political? Yes. Yeah. I was shocked by that because they, the, the leaders of the trip are so, they're so, I, I truly wouldn't know where they land politically, which was shocking. And, but more than that, because to them, it's not a political issue. And I think that's mm-hmm. the tension we're all going to hold with this. It was, we've only had this conversation from the presidential election platforms for the majority of us. We've heard it on Fox News or CNN, and that's the combativeness that we are aware of it. We don't know how to just talk about, take mm. the politics out of it. There is this issue. How do we as Christians respond to something that's already there? What do we do? Mm. Just like Jesus, when he had the 5,000 on the mountain. Well, we can't solve all the world's problems, but we do have 5,000 people here hungry. What do we do with them today? Do we send them back into Mm. the town to get food by themselves, like the disciples suggested? Or is there another option? So I felt like that was kind of what, what I learned on the trip is you can look at this a different way. It doesn't have to be the way you always saw it. I love it. It's one thing I love about World Relief and mm-hmm. um, Women of Welcome is yeah. very much bipartisan. There's yes. there's never going to be like, yes. hey, we are this, we are that. They openly say, we want to work with both people on the yes. sides of the aisle, which if you think about it, you need both sides yes. in order to make anything happen, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. We see that all the time. Right. Wouldn't the world yeah. be better if we could just live non-bipartisan? What whatever. if we could all get along, you know, Becky? Okay. So I was going to ask you next, what would be your big takeaway? Was that one of your big takeaways or was there something else? What was, what, what do you come, what did you come home with besides a million other questions and thoughts? Yeah, I think, I think I came home with more questions than answers for sure. Um, my take, it's so hard to identify what are your takeaways when you've been that close to it because I'm still processing the takeaways. But I think the takeaways was I I could be wrong. Like I had a lot of assumptions of what it was because I'd only ever heard certain things from both sides. So I have mm-hmm. within my own family very strong opinions on both sides of the political spectrum. So I I don't have one leaning or another on that. Um so for me, it, it was interesting to see the reality. And we saw all the reality. We we went to the wall in Mexico. We went to 
um, a shelter where people are waiting, actively waiting every day, just waiting for an appointment to seek asylum. We went to the the wall on the other side. We met with Border Patrol. We met with a refugee. We met with we went and saw where people are held between the two walls. Um, mm-hmm. So to see everything, and then Bree Bree kept saying, like just the reminding of the mission of us as Christians to love. Where Bree just kept saying. For them to do, remembering their humanity and for them to make the choices they have made to sacrifice Mm -hmm. what they have sacrificed, whether, yes, what the choices they have made is an illegal choice, but we can, as Christians, have compassion towards them where they are. And um, I think for me to hear their stories and see them, and that's the difference of proximity, right? It's easy to have opinions if you're just in your living room, listening to a certain news channel every single day. And it's very different to have an opinion when you're sitting across the table from someone who has tried every day for four months after walking literally from South America to the Mexico U S border barefoot with their three children trying to seek asylum because they do not feel safe in their home country. Hmm. So that, that was a different experience, Jamie. Mm -hmm. That was very different. It's like, important for us to talk about, you know, because it's, um, I'll tell you, I, Becky, I just read a book. Let me find it. It's okay. It's over here. It's called, uh, the little liar. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. It's called the little liar by Mitch album. And it takes place, um, during, uh, the Holocaust with a family from Greece. And one of the, one of the, um, main characters, someone says to her like twice, tell the world what you saw here. Hmm. And he also has this part in the book where he talks about how one of the guys came home and he'd been at a concentration camp for all those years. And by the grace of God, he lived and he came back to his village and everyone was just doing their life. Hmm. And the guy says in there, he says, has everyone just been fishing all every day, all day while I've been gone? I'm paraphrasing a little yeah. bit, but I remember reading that and it had just been a couple of days since we had been at the border. And I remember thinking like, God, will you help me remember? Yeah. Because life has gone on. I mean, you know, I'm going to football games. We're making dinner. We're, we're applying to colleges. Like all these things in my life are happening. And yet I never want to forget the husband and wife with two girls and one on the way that I talked to who had endured so much. And so it's hard for me. I, I don't. I don't know if it's hard for you as well. Like yeah. no, I th- mean, these kind of these kind of experiences desk, are hard. I printed off a picture and it's sitting next to my computer of the border of both sides, the U.S. and the side, because that tension exists, right? Mm. Of the safety, security, what's what is law and what is truth, and what needs to be upheld for protection of all people, and yet there are still people that are hurting and suffering and feel like. For their family's best interest, they have to flee and escape something that's not right for them. So Mm -hmm. in the midst of all that, why we can't figure out the political answers of that, and that's not our job. Like We're all different people, but what we as Christians can do is there's a great need and there's an opportunity for us to support. And there are so many, that's the great thing about Women of Welcome and World Relief is they have so many ways to help equip and educate us on what we can do to support as Christians who are called to love, not just mm-hmm. stand politically about this issue. Yeah, I think 
what I feel coming back often is like, I don't want to forget the tension. And you just described that. Yeah. You know, like how do we as Christians stay in the tension? Yeah. And it's okay to feel the tension. Um, on the other side of this trip, have you had any meaningful, impactful conversations or experiences since coming home? I often feel like not only does the world go on, but these are hard conversations to have. I find it hard to even have with Aaron sometimes, yeah. my husband, yeah. because he didn't see what we saw. He didn't yeah. stand it. And I could tell him yeah. all day long. Like yeah. I sit down my kids. I'm like, let me show you all, all the photos and tell you about it. Yeah. And you know, their eyes are glazing <laughs> over and they're teenagers yeah. and they're like, okay, so what's for dinner, mom? Right. You know, it's difficult. Yeah. Yes. How's that been for you on the other side? That's been tricky. And we went right into things. Thanksgiving and our family went to New York to see other family. And so it's, it's been a a weird transition to come back into, I will say what has been, um, I've, I've had both discouraging and encouraging. So I I would say similar to you of like my closest people I've gotten to share, but it also has been like, I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it justice (laughs) because there's something about getting close, right? Like Mm -hmm. just hearing somebody else talk about it's not enough. Once you know someone who has been there. Once you've heard the story with your own two ears, it's a very different situation. And, um, so I, it it was so impactful, Jamie, and it was so helpful to hear all that, but I will say that there has now been not now it happened when I was there too, and posting stories of there are people who are like hesitantly saying, okay, I want to hear more. And they feel like shame almost saying like betrayal because they feel like they should only think one thing about this and to open up about it feels wrong. And then I've had to block many, many people on social media just because they had very strong opinions in my DMs after my trip. (laughs) And I'm fine with disagreeing, but we can be kind in the process too. So that again, I I think we need to be okay as Christians to say, maybe we don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And we we can be open to being wrong about some of our opinions and seeing it a different way. I love that so much. Becky, you couldn't have said it better that we can be okay with not knowing everything. We can disagree even. Like yes. I, I love so many times that I heard Matt say, like, we don't even have to agree on yeah. how this all happens. But right. as followers of Jesus, we should agree on our hospitality towards uh, people. And yes. so I'm so glad you went thanks and I'm glad you had this experience. Me, thanks. And thanks for sharing a little bit with us. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. 
Okay, y'all, my next guest here on the show is another friend that I invited me to join myself at the border. Uh, my friend Jessica Thompson joined me. Hi, Jessica. Hey, Jamie. Okay, before I ask you your thoughts on our trip, tell yeah. everybody what you do. I am a pastor at a church in San Diego called Risen Church. Um, I recently finished my uh, master's in biblical studies. Uh, which I love to say I have a master's in BS. I feel really good about it. (laughs) Honestly, is that alone being able to say a master's in BS was worth all the work and all the money. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So yeah, just just doing that and pastoring here and have a couple of kids, adult children that are still at home. And yeah. You're an author. You write books. Oh, (laughs) right. That I'm an author, and actually, we're about to re-release a book, uh, like that our first book um, that kind of set off my authoring career, which was "Give Them Grace." And um, my mom and I have updated and revised that. My mom's Elise Fitzpatrick. We've updated and revised it, and thought, my goodness, we really thought we knew everything then, but now we really know everything. <laughs> now is when we know it all. Now. And so we're about to re-release that uh, pretty soon. So excited about that. Yes, author. And uh, I travel sometimes and speak at conferences as well. Well, we all traveled to your backyard for this trip. We stayed in San Diego. You and your mom joined us on this trip. And so I think I want to start, I'm asking four of you guys are coming on the show today and I'm just asking kind of the same questions. Um, you guys, although some of you are pastors and speakers and authors, I would like to say we're all just very real people living our lives, trying to figure out how does this intersect with our faith? So I want to know from you, what made you say yes to the invite when I invited you? Because I, <laughs> I just don't know what I don't know, I think is part of it. Um, like you said, this is my backyard and um, I, I, I am falling more in love with my city in the last, um, uh, probably since COVID which kind of stripped me, COVID kind of, which I, I'm, it, it did for most of us. It, it centered, I've lived in San Diego my whole life. So let me start by saying that. And I love San Diego, but mainly for the weather. <laughs> um, but COVID kind of stripped me from like, oh, maybe it's better somewhere else because we were just stuck where we were. And, um, you know, stripped me from thinking like, oh, maybe my ministry will use that word. My vocation is like traveling and speaking. COVID set me at home Mm. in a way that I've never experienced um, up to this point. So when you asked me like, hey, you want to go to your own border? Um, I'm learning more about my city and not just the beautiful weather part, but like learning sort of the underbelly that every big city has, like the the darkness that every big city holds. And I'm learning about that. I've kind of been on a journey with that in the last few years. and so while doing that, while learning about my city, um, when you offered this, I was like, I've, I've got to do this. Mm-hmm. I need to know more. Um, I, I also became on a board. I, I accepted a board invitation for a, a local nonprofit here in San Diego called Hope for San Diego. And immigration um, refugees is one of the areas that, that Hope for San Diego really focuses in on and helps. Uh, I also said yes. It's a, a long answer because mm-hmm. one of the women in our church actually works for World Relief, and so I, um, she's talking about it a lot. And you know, I want to I want to know more of what she does as well. So 
that was also part of the reason. A lots of yes, leaves, lots of reasons to say yes, but um, super grateful for them. I love that. And I'm so glad that you could come and being right there in your city. I understand what it's like to, to think I need to know about what's happening in my city, in my state, like right there. I feel that in Texas a lot as well. So when you were coming in for this trip, I'm sure you had a lot of them, but could you narrow down to what were some of your main questions you had? Um, you know, people are always saying like, oh, is the immigration problem terrible in San Diego? You're right on the border. And I was always like, I don't really see it. I live 30 minutes from my door to the border. And I never really saw it. But then I was like, well, maybe I'm missing something. Mm -hmm. You know, the news is saying that there's something um, going on that it's like a people are all running across all the time. Like you have these pictures. I'm sure we have these pictures in our head that we've seen in the news. And when people would ask me and I'd answer and say, I haven't really seen it. (laughs) I was wondering what it would look like, right? To see it with my own eyes. What is this actually like here? Um, I had kn- I knew my experience, and I I know I live close to the border. But my my main question going in was, um, what is this really like? Mm-hmm. And not just not just from one perspective, which I loved about this trip, but from all these different perspectives, looking at it from all these different ways, trying to get this whole view of what is happening at the San Diego Tijuana border. Um, so for me, that was, mm. that was the question. What is it really like? Mm-hmm. Because I know what I see, which is not really much. Mm-hmm. And um, I know what I see on the news, which is everything. Mm-hmm. So what is it really like? I lo- One of the things I love about these trips with Women of Welcome and World Relief is how they do set us up to hear from different perspectives. We heard from Border Patrol. We heard from organizations who are hands-on right where people are being quote unquote held, I guess we could say that um, as they uh, wait for their time to seek asylum. We went across the border and heard from, you know, a woman has having a shelter in her church. And so I I do love that so much is this whole kind of this, this picture that's not just one viewpoint, which I think we can get a lot in the news. You had questions coming in if I wanted to see this. And I always say that I leave these trips with way more questions and answers. (laughs) Um, What was your big question leaving? My, my main question was, uh, how do I get involved tomorrow? Mm. Um, what can I do right now? Um, how did I miss this? <laughs> uh, you know, those were my main questions. Um, I, I came home and immediately, like, my mom, who also was on the trip with us, um, just immediately got in touch with some of the people that we met uh, that we were introduced to Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, or in talks now about what we can be doing just, you know, if it's just my mom and I going down and making sandwiches at a place near the border to feed people, if it's something more than that, I I don't know We're we're currently trying to figure out what we can do, you know, also, and this is just something that we're constantly learning, right? Like, how did I not see the Bible had so much to say on this? Mm. I think that's something that I've been learning over the past like three or four years again, as I've kind of had been on this journey. But yeah, my, my question leaning was how mm. did I not I know that this was such a theme in the Bible, taking care of immigrants, Jesus himself being a refugee. 
Oh, that was a that was a big question for me. <laughs> You know, I always leave these trips and some of the tension that I feel is we live in a country that has laws. We need security at our borders. I think nobody would say that we shouldn't. And yet the tension I feel is as a follower of Jesus, how do I look more like him and how I care for people in vulnerable situations? And sometimes that is in conflict with what our government says is best. And I don't know, I'm struggling. How, how do I reconcile that? How do I vote that? Like it just, it messes your whole life up. Oh, it, it does. <laughs> it really does. I think it's also hard not to leave feeling um, overwhelmed or hopeless. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is such a big problem and it's not just a big problem in one area. It's a big problem across the board. Um, there's so, like you said, so much that goes into this. Mm-hmm. So how, how and my mom and I actually we talked about this a lot driving to and from because we met you guys down there. Um, how do we how do we walk away from this without hopelessness? And I think that was another thing that Women of Welcome tried to help mm-hmm. us to see signs of hope and commonality and stuff like that. But I think we what we kind of came away with was just like we can do something right now. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't need to wait for immigration policy change. I don't need to wait for um, this to be something easier to do or something more convenient. Mm. Um, I, there are, there are things I can do today yeah. right now that will impact my neighbors, um, that impact, uh, the, these people that are image bearers mm. that are sleeping outside at night, um, that are trying to make a better lives for themselves. And so, you know, even right now, Jamie, I don't know if you've seen in the news, but there are a thousand people stuck. Um, at a border patrol crossing here in San Diego and Hakumba, which is a little bit east from where we were. Mm-hmm. They've been there for three days, just a thousand people waiting to be processed. And so like we're getting a list from the people who are on the ground over there, like, what can we do right? What little mm-hmm. thing? I mean, because I think we get stuck on trying to, I'm going to make this huge change in, in for them and for the world. And I mean, God's like, love me and love your neighbor. Mm. And that can just be as small as dropping off a generator somewhere, getting gas for a generator, um, dropping off blankets. It, I think we get, I get, mm-hmm. I'll say it for me. I get so caught up in wanting to do something big yeah. and then I just am paralyzed and don't even do the small mm. things. It's so true, Jessica. And I think for me too, some of my struggle is coming back from a trip like this. And then the next day you're real, you're, you're quote unquote real life. You're back into your, and then you're like, Wait, did I just go spend three? For me, I was there for a whole week. Was that, did I just spend six days at the border seeing some things that are full of hope? We saw a lot of hope and we saw a lot of despair. And then what does that look like in my everyday life? I think that's a tension that I feel in all areas when I come face to face with the least of these. And then I go back to my very privileged life. I feel that tension um, a lot. Um, I think that you summed up pretty well what you learned or took away, but is there anything else that you feel like this is what I'm looking back on this trip going, here's what I took away? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think what I just said, mm-hmm. but I also just think uh, for, for us as Christians to believe and remember not only the image bearer part, but that we're all connected. Mm. So the flourishing of my neighbor impacts me. Um, even if I don't think it does, like I was living in this world before where I thought, well, I don't really see any results or any um, 
there's nothing about the immigration policy that's going on in the border that changes my life. Well, it actually really does. Mm. It impacts me. And so for, for believers especially, um, but really for the whole world to remember that the shalom, the wholeness of my neighbor should be just as important to me as my own wholeness, my mm. own shalom, uh, the peace in my own house, um, to remember that we're interconnected. Mm. Um, I think that was something that I, I took away in a deeper way. Something that I've kind of been thinking about a lot, but coming back from that, just the reminder, um, if they're not flourishing, I'm not mm. either. Um, it, it should mean that much to us. I mean, Jesus said it, right? Mm. Like what you do to the least of these, you do unto me. And so for me to say um, what's happening to them um, is happening to me too. Mm. That's in conflict with what the world would tell us, especially living in the country that we live in. Uh, that is a conflict. And I think it's a conflict I want to feel forever. Like I think yeah. when I stop feeling that conflict, that's an indicator to me that I have given in to what America tells me should be the first thing on my mind. And that would be the flourishing of Americans. I just think it, it would be very easy for us to get, uh, feel condemnation in this. I'm like, oh, it's easy for me to be like, oh, my entire life, I didn't even know this. And it's going on 30 minutes from my home and to live in condemnation and um, guilt. And Jesus doesn't call us to that either. He calls us to live in a freedom of forgiveness so that I'm not burdened, weighed down by my condemnation uh, or by condemnation. I'm not burdened by my guilt, but I can know I'm forgiven, which gives me the courage then mm. to say, I can try again to love my neighbor. This doesn't all depend on me. God loves me and forgives me. So now, because of that, I live in this, this generous, wild freedom where I can go out and love others. I love that. That is a good word for us to end on. Jessica, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on the trip with me. Here we go. Yeah, it was a joy to have you here. Thanks for, yeah. thanks for sharing your thoughts today. Thanks you. The Happy Hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey, with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell. And the show is edited by Jason Talley. 